when I was a veterinary nurse, the areas that I really enjoyed were obviously getting to know my patients, my clients, seeing improvement, you know, the nice side of things. I feel that physiotherapy does provide all of those things professionally in the workplace for me. It is definitely very, very rewarding. In this Fact Times podcast, Leon Dobrovolsky joins me to discuss how physiotherapy is growing in importance in the management of chronic pain cases, and she offers advice on training as a veterinary physiotherapist. This podcast is brought to you by Galliprant from Alanco. As the only Pippin class N said, Galliprant is the most targeted oral treatment for canine OA. With the power to precisely target OA pain, Galliprant can be used from first diagnosis and for as long as needed, even in young dogs. As recent data shows, OA is much more common in young dogs than first thought. This new study revealed that 41% of young dogs had radiographic OA and two-thirds of those had associated pain. Based on this insight, early intervention in young dogs could improve quality of life for years to come. As the most targeted oral treatment for COVID-9 OA, Galliprant can play a key role in this early stage of OA management. Hear expert opinion on this new data and what it could mean for young dogs with OA at www.myalanco.co.uk slash brand slash Galliprant dash here dash the dash experts. And there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Welcome, Leanne. Thank you for joining us. Hello. <laughs> Hi there. You've written an article for us in Vet Times, and we're going to be dipping into a couple of the areas that we discussed in that. So physiotherapy, what kind of chronic pain can it play an important role in? So there's um, a range of cases that actually it, it can be beneficial um, in helping with, with chronic pain. Um, the most common cases that I see um, are like your elderly dogs with arthritis. You've got like your hip dysplasia, elbow dysplasia, common sort of musculoskeletal cases um, that just need that extra support it might be that it would be with the younger dogs that potentially we don't want to rush to put them on your non-steroidals or commonly a work alongside them sort of helping to prevent other injuries or issues occurring because obviously they compensate when they have an issue so for example if they've got um, hip dysplasia they may tend to distribute their weight onto the forelimbs but then in turn become arthritic in those elbows so basically what I do is I help support those cases alongside the veterinary care which is why we work together yes which is the aim right okay quite important that you guys work together on these cases so in terms of the process for assessing whether a case is suitable for physiotherapy what can you tell us about this um so physiotherapy there's not many cases that I would say wouldn't be suitable now this is a bit of a um, it's not straightforward. Obviously, we have to consider behaviour. That's a big one. But the issue that you've got if a veterinary professional was assessing the animal is that their behaviour may be different in veterinary practice compared to when they come to me because they may be very scared or there may be sort of nervousness due to being in veterinary practice. Um, I have had dogs that are muzzled at the vets, but they come to me and I've never had to muzzle them. And I, I don't muzzle dogs anyway when, when I'm treating them. Um, it more would be with the subgroup hydrotherapy that there would be other sort of cases that then you would assess and work out whether they would be suitable for hydrotherapy um, when you start to look at skin conditions, ear conditions, all of those other ailments that animals get. But as a general rule, I would say, majority of cases are fine to have physiotherapy 
we just need to consider um obviously it does increase circulation so if there is tumors or if a dog has a pacemaker we just have to consider maybe the different treatments that we use or we need to work out from a clinical perspective what is in the best interest of that patient so obviously it's another form of pain relief but if you've got a you know 15 year old dog then you would discuss that with the owner and say you know your dog does have a mask but if your dog's not going to be mobile without the physiotherapy and it's on all these other drugs and that's not giving them the care that they need you know is in making them more mobile then the physio adds in then you need to weigh up Mm. you potentially would discuss that with the owner but as though it's just informed consent really isn't it making sure that everyone understands the treatments absolutely yes good advice so is this an area of family medicine that's increasing in importance is there a lot of research into physiotherapy and its use yes yes i think that it is developing quite fast obviously with any form of medicine we want to get evidence-based medicine physiotherapy obviously in human physio there's obviously vast research, whether it's good research, then people will argue that. But veterinary physiotherapy it is developing and we do want to get more research. It mm. just at the moment is, um, I would say it's fairly new. I think only in the past, I'd probably even say 10 years. Like it's not really, I've been in veterinary practice for a long time. Mm. And I think hydrotherapy took off a lot quicker than your physiotherapy. More people would know about taking their animals for hydrotherapy. But I think now people are becoming more aware of the benefits of physiotherapy mm. as a general sort of treatment base. But if we could get more evidence and more research, then obviously, yes, that would be brilliant because then you can say to other professionals, look, this it does work because mm. we know it works. Obviously, I work in the industry and a lot of my clients would vouch for it. And I know a lot of other physios and, and their clients the same, but it is developing, but it would be great to keep building on that research aspect to prove that. Why do you think there was such a gap? Why has it taken longer as opposed to hydrotherapy? I'll be honest with you. I don't know because usually with the veterinary profession, we usually do follow behind the human profession, mm. don't we? In medicine. Yeah. Now, the only thing I would say with that is it's strange because obviously in human medicine, it would always be physiotherapy first. And mm. then the physiotherapists would carry out the hydrotherapy as well. Now, I'm not sure why that is the mm. way it is, but I do understand now, like a lot of the vets, when I speak to them um, locally and other professionals that I've worked with, they are more inclined to refer to a physiotherapist than just a hydrotherapist now. Mm. But I don't know what I think as well. There was a bit of an, I'm going to say it, with the hydrotherapy from a client perspective, there was more of a novelty aspect with that as well. Yes. Not just from a clinical aspect. I do sometimes think even when I get people ring me up, because I do both, some clients, oh, I want my dog to have hydrotherapy. We're like, well, we have to check that your dog is suitable, is in, is, we want to make sure your dog is pain-free. There's no, there's no point in putting a dog in the pool that either is not breed suitable or, for example, are very painful, then... We don't want to make them worse. Mm. There's a lot of considerations there with the hydrotherapy. But, you know, once you explain it to clients, they're pretty good. But I think people do just like the, I know it sounds quite basic, but they like watching their dog swim in a pool. Yes. <laughs> so it's nice for them. But obviously, from a clinical point of view, we need to look at what is most suitable for the animal. Sure. But I wonder if that's why it took off. I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't no, know. No. But I think there is a novelty aspect yes. with that as well. 
So in terms of key advice you would give to any veterinary professional who's considering this treatment or training themselves in physiotherapy, what kind of advice would you give here? So um, if a veterinary professional is unsure about a case but they would like to refer to physio, because I, I know even when I first qualified, there's a lot of vets saying to me, can I refer this case to you? I'm not quite sure whether you can help with this or not. And I, I straight away would be like, yes, I can help with that. It would be like a dog that's lame. And, you know, it's had all sorts of medication. It's been x-rayed, this and that. And, you know, the typical case, sometimes it's a bit more complex. Or maybe there's financial restraint from a client point of view. Mm. But the best thing I would, would say is communication. So between the physiotherapist and the veterinary surgeon, maybe, you know, no physiotherapist that I know of or no other professional would mind them emailing them and saying, I've got this case. Is there any way I can have a chat with you? I know time is an issue sometimes because vets struggle with time, but actually it is another option. And I think communication is key. But just think anything musculoskeletal or any animal that's struggling to move, generally physiotherapy would help if we'd be really basic with it and then from a training point of view I know there's lots of CPD about but to be actually be as what I would class as a fully qualified physiotherapist you are looking at degree level really um, there is other courses but from meeting other professionals or other veterinary nurses that have gone on to do another CPD course or certificate while they're not dismissed I think there's not that understanding at the level to be able to assess to full level to then go, right, okay, you need this treatment and you need that treatment. I think you are looking at more like the degree level course to be a fully qualified physiotherapist. Not saying that veterinary nurses can't do aspects of physiotherapy, but obviously it's a separate, like I'm a veterinary nurse. I I did my, I've, I've been a nurse. Oh God, I don't know how long now, but I've been a nurse for a long time. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I can't remember that's how long. Um, but I would say definitely, I mean, I did CPD days and stuff like that, but it's not the same level yeah. as it's a separate qualification yeah. completely. And very the role fulfilling, is I'm guessing, as well. Completely. Once you're qualified and you're working up these cases, uh, yes. it just must be lovely the seeing benefits. the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's brilliant from the point of view when I was a veterinary nurse, the, the areas that I really enjoyed were obviously getting to know my patients, my clients, seeing improvement, you know, the nice side of things. Um, I, I feel that, yeah, the physiotherapy does provide all of those things professionally and in, in the workplace for me. It is definitely very, very rewarding. Excellent. So, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant job. Hard work. I always say it's hard work. Everyone makes it out to be, you know, it's like anything, though. It is hard work, but it is worth it. Excellent. So a lot of hard work put in, but very rewarding as well. So that's yes. that's excellent stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Leanne, for joining us. We'll draw a line there, but fantastic to have you here on the podcast. And thank you for what you've been discussing with us. Perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> See you again. That's it for Vet Times podcast this time. Thanks to our guest. If you like what you've heard, tell your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. But for now, thanks for listening. See you next time.